hello, hello. Welcome to Afromythos, the podcast where we delve into the rich and fascinating world of African mythology, folklore, and culture. We are your hosts, Adechi, Solomon, and Adra, Adra and Solomon, whichever way you want to yeah. say it. <laughs> and today's minister, we will be sharing with you some intriguing African folk tales about love? Question mark Because mine isn't really. It's kind of yeah. You'll find it's it. about the crazy things love will make you do. Well, yeah, well, that's what mine is about. Anyway. Crazy and things love will make lessons you. that you learn from it. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell we have two completely different stories. <laughs> so sit back, relax, and let us transport you to a world of wonder and imagination. We hope you enjoy these stories as much as we do. And thank you for taking the time out to explore the amazing world with us. Let's get started. Well, I'm first. Yeah, you're and first. Let's go. <clears throat> so the story I'm going to tell is a story that I heard and me and my siblings heard a lot growing up uh, when we were young because it's to do with um, my little sister's name, um, Jumake. So my mom used to sing sing this song to us every now and then. It's like, oh, re, oh, re, oh, re, oh, la, jumake, and, oh, re, oh, la, jumake, and, like, I didn't listen to the stories properly, so I didn't like remember it. I just remember mm. the song, and I just remember my mom always told us a story about how you know the name or legend. Okay, so um, I think I was on Twitter the other day, and there was like this thread where it so it told the story, and <laughs> yeah, and so I was like, wait, what, what? Yeah, definitely have to find this story and tell it. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to retell the story, <clears throat> the story of Olajum, Okay. And it's a story about love. It's a story about personality. It's a story about not settling for less, but maybe oh? stuff might happen along the way. I don't know. I'll okay, okay. I'll just tell the story, okay? Yeah, um, and there's some singing in it. Some of it I won't sing because I don't actually know the full year of wow. singing it. So, like, I'll sing the first line and just, like, carry on after that. Okay, um, fine. But yeah, let me tell tell the story, okay? <clears throat> Once upon a time in a village in Aiberu, there lived a maiden called Olajumake. She was the most beautiful woman in all of the lands. As news of her great beauty spread, suitors came lining up, asking for her hand in marriage. But she refused them all. None of them was handsome enough to match her beauty, she proclaimed. Ooh, damn. <laughs> One fateful day, as Olajumoke um, did her business as usual, a very handsome-looking young man called Ori entered the market and started to buy things. All the maidens in the market were were drawn to his eloquence and physique, but Olajumoke was ripped apart by his mere presence. She decided on the spot. This was her man. She left her stall and started following him around the market. As the young man was about leaving, he noticed that Olajumake was following him and asked why. She explained that she loved him and she was ready to go anywhere with him. The young man told her he came from a land beyond the red and blue seas. Um, Then he asked if she was still interested in going anywhere with him. Olajumake nodded. I will go anywhere with you. You're looking at me and shaking test, your head. Test, <laughs> test, test, test. 
So the man began to sing, Arewa de Leimi. I'm, I'm not singing this right. So I'm, like, I'm, I'm butchering the, the Yoruba here. Um, but it basically translates to beauty, leave me. Beauty, leave me. You, you have to leave because we would get to the blue sea. You have to leave because we would get to the red sea. Go back, beauty. Go, go back, beauty home. I bet it sounds a lot nicer in Europe, right? I don't wonder if it does. However, Olajumoke was resolute that she would follow him to the ends of the earth. Thus, the man was done making sure that she was not forced. Consent agreed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> On their journey, they crossed the blue and red sea, just as the man described. Then they entered a forest where the man had borrowed his legs and hands. As he returned them, Olajumoke was petrified with fear. The love of her life now only had a chest and a head. Wait, I'm sorry. I don't understand what happened. He basically, he borrowed his legs from somewhere beyond the land. So I think there's a good time to mention that Ori translates as head in Yoruba. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, yeah. So now Ori is just a man with a head in a chest. And chest, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, the love of a life had returned his legs and his hands. And soon they got to a tree, a great tree. And Ori presented the chest he had borrowed to the emptiness surrounded the tree. Now he was just a head. Olajumoke could no longer mask her fear. She be- she begged him that she that he should allow her to go back home, but Ori declined. What happened to consent? <laughs> you said that you agreed to come here. <laughs> that the- he could change her mind. <laughs> <laughs> she really could. But yeah, I think he said he's not taking her. He's not taking her back home. Yeah. Okay. Um. So he then placed a. Okay. No. 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 This took a turn for the worst. So Ori declined. He then placed a cowrie chain on her neck so that any time she attempts to escape from his home, the chain would alert him. And um, with the following song, Ori, 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 I'm going to place the song in here again. This is <laughs> But basically, it translates to O head um, of Olajumoke is going, damsel as fair as as palm oil is going, damsel as fascinating as camwood is going, O head, O head as in like Ori, yeah. um, Olajumoke is going. So it's like alerting him that yeah. um, she's yeah. trying to escape. She's running. She's <laughs> it's basically a snitch. Yeah. Um, Thus, anytime Olajumoke attempted to run away, the strange chain on her neck started singing so much that wherever Ori was, he would come with speed of lightning and stamp himself on her chest. So she resigned her fate in the evil forest. Back home in Olajumoke's village, a manhunt was sent to the surrounding villagers, you know, in search of the damsel, but no one could find her. One fateful day, a very ugly hunter was in the forest searching for game when he saw Olajumoke roaming around the forest. 
Elijah Maker told him the story of how he got how she got there, and the hunter made a deal with her. If he helped her, Elijah Maker must agree to marry him. Desperate to escape her predicament, Elijah Maker agreed to his proposal at once, and the hunter swung into action. He cut off the cowrie chain from her neck using a special incantation, and he was able to lead her successfully through the forest back home into the waiting arms of her parents. On getting home, she was received back by the entire village. Her parents showed their gratitude to the hunter with numerous gifts, but the hunter wanted something more. As he winked at Olajuwake, she told her parents of the deal with the hunter. They were stunned as the man did not possess good looks or wealth, but there was nothing that they could do about it and eventually gave their daughter to the man. Years went by, and Olajumoke had many children with the hunter. She lived a happy life and loved her husband and children dearly. She often told her children the story of how she was saved um, from the evil forest by the ugly hunter, who turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to her. And so, the story of Olajumoke and the hunter became a legend in the village, a tale of love, of how love can sometimes come from the most unexpected places and how sometimes the things we want may not always be the things we truly need. So yeah, that's the story. Nice. Slightly adapted to make it a more interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. But yeah, that was really cool. Um, what do you think? Interesting. Because I have issues with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because at the end of it, it just said like many. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. She was forced to marry another guy. Yeah. Like, I just feel like, was there no other option? Yeah, that means he, he wasn't like a hero. Yeah, he just basically said... I'm not going to save you until you marry me. I don't think that makes it any better than Ori. Yeah, because... Yeah. Bruh. I don't know. Because once she got, she went there by her choice, and the other one she was forced to do, but I guess she was forced for both of them. Yeah, she went there by her own choice in the first one, but she couldn't leave. Yeah. And then she was kind of forced into the step. Yeah, it's just a bit peak. I can't lie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but love. <laughs> yeah, love. <laughs> it's still better than mine. Is it? I feel like mine is not. The bar is in hell. <laughs> yeah, I would even. It's got really nothing to do with. You be the judge, but I don't think. Anyways, so okay. it's um <laughs> trigger warning for cannibalism. Um, the story is called The Story of the Cannibal Mother and Her Children. Okay. You know, you could arguably say Mother's Love, but not really. Is this a warm-up for Mother's Day? I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even realise that, actually. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. A lovely warm-up for UK Mother's Day. Um, It's a South African folktale, to be specific, from Kafir folklore. Um, So, okay. Yeah, so yeah, trigger warning, cannibalism, um... But it is a really interesting folk tale, you know, full of adventure, suspense, 
unexpected twists. We all love that. Um, so yeah. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. There was once a man and a woman who had two children, a son and a daughter. These children lived with their grandfather. Their mother was a cannibal, but not their father. How does that relationship work? Maybe that's the story of love. Their mother was a cannibal, but not their father. Yeah. Our kids. Yeah, okay. I guess he was a snack. One day, they said to them... (laughs) One day, the children said to their grandfather, we have been with you for so long, we would very much like to see our parents. Their grandfather said, but will you be able to come back? Don't you know that your mother is a cannibal? After a time, he consented and said, you must leave at such a time that you may arrive there in the evening so that your mother won't see you, only your father. So the boy's name, Hinazinki, he said, let's go now, my sister. So they started and left when the sun was set, like their grandfather said. And when they arrived at their father's house, they listened outside to find out if their mother was there. They heard the voice of their father only. So they called out to him. He came out and when he saw them, he was sorry and said, why did you come here, my dear children? Don't you know that your mother is a cannibal? Just then, they heard a noise like thunder. It was the coming of their mother. Their father took them inside and put them in a dark corner where he covered them with skins. Their mother came in with an animal and a body of a man. Damn. Yeah. She stood and said, there's something here. What a nice smell it has. (laughs) Something smells good. She she said to her husband, Shonizaninki, What have you to tell me about this nice smell that's in my house? You must tell me whether my children are here. So I guess she could smell. Wow, she sussed it out. Her husband answered, what are you dreaming about? They're not here. So she went to the corner where they were and took the skins away. When she saw them, she said, my children, I'm very sorry that you are here, but I must eat people. So she cooked for her children and their father, the animal that she'd brought home. And the dead man she cooked for herself. And after they had eaten, she went out. Then their father said to them, when we lie down to sleep, you must be watchful. You'll hear a dancing of people, a roaring of wild beasts and a barking of dogs in your mother's stomach. You will know that she's sleeping and you must then rise at once and get away. So they lay down, but the man... Wait, sorry. So does he like sleep with noise cancelling headphones? Because that sounds like a... (laughs) They're snoring I could deal with, but... Do you know what I think? I think he probably doesn't sleep when she's asleep. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Then why is- and when she's out of the house, probably when he sleeps. Because I don't think he'd want to sleep while she's asleep, just in case she wakes up first. Yeah. Okay, then why is he telling them to, like, shouldn't he just wake them up when it's time for them to go? I don't know. Maybe he just, he's like, fend for yourselves. You came here. Fair enough. So we didn't want to watch you. I didn't sign nothing. <laughs> so... They lay down, but the man and the children only pretended to go to sleep. They were listening for those sounds. And after a while, they heard a dancing of people, a roaring of wild beasts and a barking of dogs. Then their father shook them and said they must go while their mother was sleeping. They bade their father farewell and crept out quietly so that their mother might not hear them. At midnight, however, their mother woke up. And when she found the children were gone, She took her axe and went after them. They were already a long way on their journey when they saw her following them, but they were so tired that they could not run. 
When she was near them, the boy said to the girl, My sister, sing your melodious song. Perhaps when she hears it, she will be sorry and go home without hurting us. The girl replied, She will not listen to anything now because all she wants is meat. Yeah. And as Inki said, Try my sister, it will not be in vain. So she sang her song and when the cannibal heard it, she ran backwards to her own house. There she fell upon her husband and wanted to cut him with the axe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Plot twist. The husband caught hold of her arm and said, Ho, if you put me to death, who will be your husband? Wait, did you say ho? Did it call her a ho? <laughs> <laughs> you said ho? I think it's more of an exclamatory, like, hey. <laughs> hey, <laughs> You said me? <laughs> yeah, so he said to her, if you kill me, who's going to be your husband? So she was like, oh, that's convincing. So she left him and ran after her children again. So her children were near their grandfather's village. But at this point, they were very weak and their mother was able to overtake them. The girl fell down and the cannibal caught her and swallowed her. Damn. I know, swallowed. That's crazy. She then ran after the boy. He fell just at the entrance of his grandfather's house and she picked him up and swallowed him also. Wow. Yep. She found only the old people and the children of the village at home. All the others were at work in the gardens. So she ate all the people that were at home and also all the cattle that were there. She must have been hungry. She said midnight snack. <laughs> Wait, is this nighttime still? Or is this morning? It's morning now. They ran from morning to night. Okay. So towards the evening, she left. So I guess they took her the whole day. <laughs> towards the evening, she left to go to her own home. There was a deep valley in the way. And when she came to it, she saw a very beautiful bird. As she approached it, the bird got bigger and bigger until at last she was very near it and it was as big as a house. Then the bird began to sing its song. The woman looked at it and said to herself, I shall take this bird home to my husband. The bird continued its song and sang, I'm a pretty bird of the valley. You come to me and make a disturbance at my place. The bird came slowly towards her, still singing its song. When they met, the bird took the axe from the woman and still sang the same song. The cannibal began to be afraid. She said to the bird, give me my axe. I do not wish for your flesh now. The bird tore one of her arms off. She said, I'm going away now. Give me what is mine. But the bird would not listen to her and continued its song. She said again, give me my axe and let me go. My husband is at home very hungry and I want to go cook food for him. The bird sang more loudly than before and tore one of her legs off. I guess our stories have similar, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She fell down and cried out, My master, I am in a hurry to go home. I do not want anything that is yours. She saw that she was in danger. She said to the bird again, You don't know how to sing your song nicely. Mm -hmm. Let him go of me and I will sing it for you. Also, she's given constructive criticism whilst being killed. (laughs) So the bird opened its wings wide and tore open her stomach. Many people came forth, most of them alive, but some were dead. I feel like that's realistic because most of the times with these stories, everyone comes in. It reminds me of Attack on Titan when, you know, there's like people in like... Yes. Yeah. Titans yeah. and all that. Yeah. As they came forth, she caught them and swallowed them again. Hmm? Seconds. Damn. That's not even, that's regurgitated seconds. Anyways, the two children were alive and they ran away. And at last, the woman died. There was great rejoicing in that country. The children returned to their grandfather and the people came there and made rules 
and made them rulers of the country because it was through them that the cannibal was brought to death. I guess it was also through them that the cannibal came and ate half their people, but, you know. A win's a win. Yeah. (laughs) That's the end of the story. Well, that's mad. Um, I guess there is a story of, you know, those love stories where, you know, maybe the wife or the husband is a bit unhinged. Yes. But, but the, the husband, the partner, them. yeah, knows how to love them and just like tries to keep them in yeah. a place. And if they weren't disturbed, they would have lived their life. Yeah, because if we really deep it, they weren't lies. What? She came home with a dead man. Yeah, for herself, but she also gave her husband. She caught an animal for her husband. I know, but that means they're not keeping to themselves. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> she was still. I mean, she was still. I mean, but she has to. Girl, got to eat. <laughs> 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 but yeah I feel like and it's also like they weren't in the village like they, they left their children to live with their grandfather and they went off secluded somewhere together mm-hmm. because obviously they knew she couldn't live with people mm-hmm. so I feel like you know if a guy's willing to like seclude himself just because you know he loves you yeah that's. but this ain't a love story <laughs> this is not a love story not remotely <laughs> this is an anti-love story she tried to eat her, or she ate her children and try to, to be up. fair, this isn't dissimilar to you know the origins of like Greek mythology when yeah, was Gaia and Cronus who yeah, eats all the kids and all that. Yeah. So you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it happens. yeah. If you're in the mood for more love stories, we recommend the book Love and Color. I finally finished mm-hmm. it a couple of weeks ago. Love and Color by Bolu Babaloa. Yeah, and it's basically like different mythical tales from around the world that she retells in a more modern like scene mm. and it's honestly like i think this is my favorite book i've read so far this year honestly it sounds brilliant um it sounds brilliant yeah yeah and i thought house of kill your family was great so this hash topped it like honestly there's you bought what <laughs> the how to kill your family is another really good book <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um love and color honestly like it's just amazing i i kind of wish she had more african folk tales in there Mm. But um, the Greek ones that she put in there were really good as well. Um, I understand, I understand. But I guess but sometimes it's hard to research. It's hard. So hopefully she listens to our podcast so she knows some more African folk tales that she can make a second book, please, because it was so good. Indeed. Maybe not these ones that we just... Yeah, maybe not these. <laughs> but don't <laughs> back, listen to a few other episodes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, it's great. It's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's a wrap for today's minisode. We hope you enjoyed delving deeper into the fascinating world of African mythology with us. And if you have any thoughts or feedback on today's episode, please do let us know by leaving a review. Your feedback helps us improve and create more content that we know you'll love. Indeed, and to stay up to date on what we're doing in our studio, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at adechi.atelier. We'll be sharing behind the scene glimpses into our creative process and giving you sneak peeks into, you know, what's coming next. Yeah. And, you know, Adeshi Academy, which is a cool little series you've started. If you see me in that beret, if you see me in that beret, just know you're ready to be educated. I'm a Bob Ross in this. (laughs) And thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time with us today. We hope this little bite-sized treat of an episode left you feeling inspired and curious about the fascinating world of African mythology. And until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, 
and keep being awesome. Why are you going to hit me for <laughs> For emphasis. <laughs> <laughs> We've been your host today, Chi. Solomon and Adra. Adra and Solomon. Solomon. Whichever way you want to say it. Goodbye. Bye.